Woody Womack, joined by Mike Farrell for our weekly podcast. Mike, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I couldn't be doing better. And got you a new microphone. So people yep. who left us one-star reviews, please go back and change them. Can't we just delete that? No, that's it's like a Yelp review, man. We dropped drop my average on commitment issues to 4.5 stars. All right. Well, this is a Blue Yeti and everybody should be able to hear me. Okay. Don't get, you were perfect. Don't have to get closer to it. It picks up the sound a lot better. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm positive. That's how it works. It's got all types of well, different Well, I stuff. blame Dave Barry for making me purchase the old microphone. Okay. All right. Just stay where you are. You don't have to go closer to I it. I know. I know. Okay. All right. Um, let's jump right into the topics. Busy weekend in college football. Uh, all types of stuff happening. Probably uh, the story of the weekend, I guess we would say is what was it michigan <laughs> losing uh what do you think i think it's got to be i mean it's it's either and clemson didn't lose texas won you know but everybody loves to talk about harbaugh and that was an embarrassing loss to a team that lost to Rutgers by double digits and you know it just speaks to how they're never going to be able to be competitive with harbaugh and you know the expectations that are there at michigan are are higher than nine, 10 wins every year. They want a playoff and he's not going to get them there. And that's pretty evident based on this loss. They looked horrible. And I bought in, I, I, I you know, Minnesota's awful. I thought they were good. They're not good. They, they got killed. Well, they didn't get killed, but they blew it against Maryland. So I thought Michigan was good because they beat Minnesota. Minnesota turns out to be horrible and Michigan's not good. And, and Minnesota is really bad. It's sort of, you know, based on the way Milton played, I, I, I think you sort of have to wonder, especially after watching Talia put up big numbers when he was completely stifled week one by uh, Northwestern. I mean, what do you think? I mean, is, do we know if Milton's the answer? He looked great. He looked great week one, but now we know Minnesota's horrible. No, we don't. I mean, the defense is so bad at Minnesota. It's hard to really get a gauge. Um, Michigan State's defense played well, but they're nothing to write home about either. Um, you know, everybody says Don Brown's the problem, but I don't think defense lost that game, you know, and I, I like Don Brown as a defensive coordinator. I, I don't like their recruiting strategy this year. I've mentioned that many times where they're taking kids, you know, that, that Don Brown would take at Boston College. This is Michigan. You got to recruit up to Ohio State's level and they're not doing that. And offensively, they're, they're just, you know, they're still doing the running back rotation and they, you know, Blake Corum looks like the most dynamic guy and they got to get the ball to him more. And they're not doing that. They don't have any wide receivers that really scare you. Uh, you know, it's, it's almost like the opposite of everything I said last week. I was so excited about how they looked last week uh, that I, I bought back in and, and never again. So now people, you know, Oh, you always say bad stuff about Harbaugh. What is there good to say? What has he won? What has he done? Okay, let me provide you with a counterpoint. When was Michigan good again? This in the 21st century. Have they let's see? Desmond Howard did the pose. <laughs> that was uh 19, I don't know, 1997. 91? No, earlier than that. Was it? I don't know. They were good in the 90s. Right. They won with Brian Greasy, right? That was the last time they were relevant. I mean, in terms of everyone expects them to be good, but it's like the the facts are <laughs> they're they're in the second tier in my opinion i just well, you know they ran bo pelini out of nebraska because he won nine or ten games 
right. they haven't been good in forever either. So, but listen, this is Michigan. This is like, I don't know. This is a, this is like Notre Dame, you know, this is like, it's a national brand that should be able to be recruiting at the same level as some other national brands and should be every once in a while getting to the title game or in the playoff. I mean, at least Notre Dame's been in the playoff twice um, or, or played in the national championship game recently, at least, at least some of these programs, you know, Texas and, you know, Florida state, some of the big ones that are struggling now have won recently. Um, I don't know. I, I, I just don't think you give up the expectations in Michigan, but if Harbaugh can't do it, then who does? Everybody says to me, who, who would you hire? I don't know. I thought Harbaugh would be great there. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I mean, you're right. The recruiting strategy. Some, sometimes some of these guys they take, you're kind of like, what are you, what are they doing here? And I remember when Harbaugh was hired and at the time somebody who was covering the team told me he thinks he's a good enough coach that as long as a guy's in a decent college football player, he'll have like a, a schematic advantage. I mean, remember when they were taking guys from down here in Georgia and I was like, like they, they even took a couple like two stars and I was like, well, what's going on, man? Like, what are they doing? And people were arguing with me about it. And of course those guys all flamed out. Like, and I'm not saying we get them all right, but I mean, it, they should be He's recruiting. Not a right. It's not good enough. They're not recruiting as well as Oregon or who, whoever you want to say. And he doesn't have Andrew Luck. And the better Harbaugh is in Baltimore. And that's life. I, I, I don't know what to tell you. You know, listen, it, that's an embarrassing lot. Mel Tucker's in his second Big Ten game. That team looked atrocious. Absolutely atrocious. I thought the 24 line was low. It's is embarrassing. What did I say? I said, I think they might drub a 55 to 10 on them. And they looked horrible. They looked uninspired. They don't care. <laughs> it, once they fall down, that's it. And he is not leading this team in any right direction. So, you know. So, so wait, so do you retract your, they quit on Shea Patterson? They hated Shea Patterson comments? Yeah, or? no, they hate Joe Milton too. They hate everybody. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> they, it's not Shea. Shea, I'm sorry. It wasn't you. I think they hate Harbaugh. Maybe they hate Harbaugh. Well, he's, he's not, not an likable person. Right. I mean, that was sort of his thing in the NFL. Is it's your, even at Stanford, it's three or four years and they kind of burn out. At least guys were cycling through, but uh, we'll see what happens. I don't, I don't know if they're, it's overreaction. We overreacted last week. We might be overreacting this week, but big win for Mel Tucker. Um, let's talk about Texas and your lock of the week. In, lock of the week. Which I warned you. I tried to talk you out uh -huh. of it. Uh, instead, Texas goes to Oklahoma State wins what a game great game a couple couple good performances by their defense and all of a sudden you know the tom herman rumors subside what do you think well let's be honest they shouldn't have won the game will you admit that <laughs> why why shouldn't they why not they should oklahoma state had that game in hand at least a couple times well they needed a last second field goal to tie i mean you know like the texas was texas was winning in the fourth quarter i I watched most of it, and I, yeah, I, I watched most of it too. I, I think the way the, the the game was going through the first half and into the third quarter, Oklahoma State was was taking care of business, and you know they they typical Gundy style, they always lose to somebody they shouldn't lose to, and this is a Texas team they lost to that they shouldn't lose to. I know it's Texas. I know they're this big program in Austin and all this, but you know it was it's a good win for Tom Herman. 
no doubt it saved his job, I think, because there were rumors that he would be fired after the whole Quinn Ewers thing and 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 you know, three losses already this season if they lost Oklahoma State. Now he's got a top ten victory under his belt and he can win the Big Twelve still and yada yada. So um I know Texas fans who were hoping they would lose by 30 and he'd be fired. But again, <laughs> it goes back to expectations. They haven't won they've won 10 games once in the last decade. Boney came up with that stat, which is I assume true. And the expectations are there that they should win national championships, you know, because Mac did it. Mac won once and he got to the title game a second time and nobody's done it since. So Herman's off the hot seat for this week, but you know, they could still go out and blunder a game against some horrible team and they should have lost to Texas tech. So should have been fired by now. Well, I personally think that they're probably going to go like seven and three or something. I mean, I don't think they're going to win the conference. They'll probably lose a game that they should win, but I think the schedule sets up pretty nice for them. Um, and we'll see what happens. But I, I do think that, uh, I don't, I don't think old Tom's going anywhere. I, I personally don't. I, I just don't, I don't know how you pull it off. I, I think they'd have to lose two more games. Um, well, they could lose to West Virginia. That could happen. Could, yeah. Doubt they it. won't lose to Kansas, even though Kansas, you know, you never know. I mean, Kansas beat them before. Kansas should have beat them last Iowa year. Iowa State, I think, is overrated. Kansas State's tough, and they own them. So, I mean, he could lose two out of the next four. You don't know. Well, we'll see. I, I, I don't I don't think so. I think they lose one more game the rest of the year. That's my uh, prediction right now. All right, let's talk about uh, the Clemson comeback. Oh, man, what a great game that was. Very fun to watch. Uh, did you think they were going to lose at all at any point nope. in the game? Not one point. Because, listen, I grew up a Boston College fan, and I know <laughs> things. So – I don't know what year it was. Tom O'Brien was the coach, probably 2001. They were up 28 nothing on number one Miami uh, at the half, and uh, they lost 31-28. And I knew that BC would blow it, and there was no doubt in my mind. Now, I took BC to cover, so I knew they would cover once they got up like that. But they, they, they weren't going to win that football game. And this is what it is, you know. You tweeted it out. For those who, you know, stars don't matter, stars do matter. My goodness. You know, DJ Uangalele, I love saying that, looked great. You know, I mean, if you have a five-star that goes down, you plug in another five-star quarterback, that's great. Look at Georgia. You got a quarterback that goes down and you're plugging in, you know, a five-foot-nine guy who can't throw a ball more than 15 yards. So there's a problem there, you know, if you're Boston College. If Jerkovich goes down, and he went down for one play. They bring in a guy I never heard of. Um, but Phil has been playing much better than I expected. BC's a scrappy team. Jeff Halfley is a terrific coach. Uh, he'll probably be stolen away from BC in a couple of years. But there's no doubt in my mind Clemson was going to win that game. There's never any doubt. Um, what? Not even when ETN fumbled and they returned it for a touchdown? No? No. Listen, I was, I, <laughs> I was excited. It was fun. Um, but no, teams like BC don't beat Clemson. Like the talent difference is just so great that eventually the cream rises to the top there. Now, yeah, they made some great plays. I mean, they made some tremendous plays. Uh, Zay Flowers and, you know, um, like I said, Jerkovic looked good, but they don't have the, the bodies to stay with them when, 
they want to turn it on. And, and you got to remember, this is with a true freshman quarterback making his first ever start. Um, you know, had it been Trevor, they would have gone down 14, nothing or 14, three or whatever. And they would have rolled back and won 55 to 14. I mean, they're just Clemson is showing weaknesses. Their defense did not look good. That scares me. So I have once again, changed my national championship pick. I went from Alabama to Clemson. Now I'm back to Alabama. Um, I will be on Ohio state soon. I'm sure. But Clemson was going to win that game. It was exciting though. You know, listen, you got to like games like that. That was fun. All right. So let's talk about the Notre Dame game. Um, that was not fun. Well, no, we don't have to, we don't have to discuss their actual game. Let's pre let's look ahead. Let's preview this weekend uh, against Clemson. Okay. You mentioned Clemson's defense. They're missing, I think four starters. Uh, they were last week, a couple of their linebackers, one of their starting uh, corners, uh, I still think, I mean, especially after watching the way DJ played last week with essentially no practice time, I'm expecting them to, to kill Notre Dame. I'm expecting a two, two to three touchdown victory. Am I stupid or what do you think? Uh, I don't know about kill now. I think it's, I think they're going to win, but I don't know about kill. Well, what, what, uh, what, what, five and a half point spread. And everybody seems to think this is going to be a game that, that stays within a touchdown. So I, I don't think kill, but I do think win. Everybody's not me. I mean, what's Notre Dame going to do offensively that, that, I mean, run it every single time. Like you, we talk about Georgia, you know, letting Justin Fields go. I mean, you and I both thought Jerkovic was cooked because he couldn't get on the field at Notre Dame. He, he was horrible. Now, now it looks like he's better than book in my opinion. Oh, this he is better than book. But you remember in high school, you know, like he was rated high early and then he just started getting worse and worse and worse. Um, you know, the, 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 the example of this to me is like Zach Frazier. And I know you don't remember who Zach Frazier is, but he was he played a, for, played for Nebraska, right? Uh, no, no quarterback. <laughs> I think I'm getting his name, right. That Charlie Weiss recruited out of Pennsylvania supposed to be good he regressed got worse then transferred to UConn oh I do remember that quarterback by that name I don't yeah, know if it was no. Zach Frazier but that's Phil he needed a new home to be good um and and he's better now but you know when he was throwing the ball as a senior and when he was throwing the ball in the spring game at, at Notre Dame and all that he looked horrible he just and and again the times he got in he looked like a deer in headlights he couldn't handle a pass rush now he's Mr. Calm cool roll out, throw the ball on the run, run when I need to. It looks like that kid we saw junior year of high school and he's much better than Ian Book. You know, Notre Dame fans would kill to have Phil, but they wouldn't have developed Phil into Phil. Phil is Phil because Boston College developed him into Phil. Sorry. I don't think Zach, oh, it is Zach Frazier with no I. Fraser. No, it's pronounced Frazier, and everybody was on me and wanted to kill me because we had him rated so low compared to everybody else. And I watched him his senior year, looked horrible, he sucked. I'm like, this kid's never going to play. Charlie Weiss and I actually argued on the phone about it. Um, and then he went to UConn and sucked there too. Um, and I'm like, this is this is Phil. Phil is Zach. Um, you know, he's definitely better than he's probably Zach only had. 3,400 career passing yards, 53% completion rate. Yikes. Uh, so he's definitely going to be better than Zach. I, I say he's going to have a shot at the NFL if he plays like he's playing now. 
How fun do you think it was arguing with Charlie Weiss, who at the time was taking credit for developing Tom Brady, that his quarterback <laughs> Do you remember the arguments we had about uh, Jerkovic when he was in high school? Yeah, because his throwing motion was horrible, but he put up great numbers. He ran the ball. He was athletic. Led the you county know, in Russia. Friedman I... loved him. <laughs> Nobody else liked him. <laughs> Officer Friedman loved him, and you know what did he end up as a low four star? Yeah, he was. I feel like he was still relatively high. He was definitely a four star. Well, he's always they're always too high. I mean. <laughs> Mine's too high. And we'll find that out in a couple of years as well. And listen, I, I do the best I can with everybody, but there's nothing I can do in certain situations. But but Phil is now a very, very talented quarterback for Boston College. He's a college quarterback. He's not a pro guy. I don't think he'll have success in the pros, but he did put up a, a very good fight. They played a good game. Um, I tell you what, this reminded me of Clemson when they had CJ Spiller and sometimes they had to rely on Spiller to win the game by himself. Travis Etienne was the difference. They couldn't stop him aside from the fumble. And if they didn't have that dynamic guy in the backfield, they would not have won that football game. So your early lean is you're going to take Notre Dame to cover that five and a half? No, because I don't know. I stink at gambling so much. Um, I feel if Notre Dame gets down, they're dead because they have no way of coming back. And I do feel that Clemson can pull out to an early lead. So they probably will cover the five and a half, but I don't see a blowout like I did. Like with Trevor, I saw like a 25 to 30 point blowout. Now I see maybe 10 point difference. Yeah, yeah I'm taking, I'm on, I'm big on Clemson. I'm sorry. I'm uh, sorry, Notre Dame fans. All right, let's move on. Big uh, recruiting news happened Sunday night. Probably nobody saw it because kids continue to commit on weekends during college in the NFL. And I, I just don't understand it, Farrell. But uh, you can't explain it to them. <laughs> Billy Bowman. Uh, Fringe five. Billy doesn't like the attention. He's a very quiet kid. Oh yeah, he's so humble. Uh, well, he's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he decommitted from Texas uh, last month. Now he commits to Oklahoma, as we thought. Um, what does this factor in the? What does this rank in the old? You know, recruiting rivalry between these two schools. This this can't be good for Texas. I mean, no. And oddly enough, throughout the years, there haven't been that many. Oklahoma, Texas, finalist, crazy battles. You know, um, I, I, I remember researching this a few years ago because I, I looked at, you know, Ohio State, Michigan, and that doesn't happen as often as you think. And Texas, Oklahoma doesn't happen as often as you think. Now, it happens more now, but this one hurts for sure. I mean, he's a, he's a kid who can play offense, defense, special teams. He's, he's a very talented football player. He's just a little small. Um, this one goes down as one of the top five girlfriend commitments in rivals history, though, I think. <laughs> do you and remember uh, Matt Stafford? Do you remember, uh, do you remember Elijah hood? Elijah hood committed because his girlfriend, he was committed to Notre Dame and he decommitted because the girlfriend was going to North Carolina. Oh, I forgot that one. That's a five-star one. That's good. Yeah. Um, Eugene Monroe at Virginia. Uh, who else? Matt Stafford, I mentioned there was another one too. I can't remember, but, um, but yeah, I mean, the girlfriends are always a factor in, in some, some cases, Oklahoma is also uh, a better football program right now. I think he, he has a better option to play offense there. And uh, you know, that one, I, that one, that was almost a, a kick in the cojones for Texas that I forgot about because Quinn Ewers last week was such a massive 
uh, steel-toed boot to the groin for Texas that, you know, you almost forgot about the four-star wide receiver the next day and you forgot about Bowman. But but then it comes full circle and Bowman commits to Oklahoma as we expected him to. And it, it's back to, uh, you know, wearing three cups for Tom Herman and recruiting. And that is, it's a bad situation. Um, you know, recruiting is not going well at Texas. And that's part of the decision whether you keep him or not. So he better win three out of the last four and hope they keep him because recruiting is a nightmare. Um, all right, let's do your Heisman watch. I know I saw you tweeting all types of stuff. Oh, Justin Fields, is he a better prospect? You change your mind so quickly. So. No, 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 no. Here's what I do. All right. I've turned this out because I want the viewers. I want the fans. My oh, okay. I want them to tell me what they think. I think Trevor Lawrence is still a much better quarterback prospect than Justin Fields. Now, Fields has improved quite a bit uh, from a great season last year. But, you know, Lawrence is still the guy. So you're, so you're Heisman watch, you still have Trevor one? No, I don't, because he's missing that game. And, and you can't miss games in this stat-driven world. Now Fields I know Justin, played two games. So who do you have? As, do you, <laughs> I know Justin. I don't have Justin. I got Mac Jones. Mac Jones is number one. Wow, number yep. one, huh? Yeah. Can you imagine? Can you imagine like those years at the quarterback camps and the camps and stuff like that, talking to Mac Jones and stuff that we were talking to a potential Heisman winner. Mac was never lacking for confidence. What's What's funny is. Mac Jones would treat us like we were peers and he would say things that like you shouldn't say to adults. And we'd be like, you know, Mac, you can't tell me that kind of stuff, man. Like, what? <laughs> you know, very Josh Rosen, like without the attitude, without the, not the attitude, but Josh Rosen had that Greenwich, Connecticut. I used to play tennis. Yeah. It's all like uppityness. Right. Mac never had that. He was down to earth, but man, he really did. He did feel like he was one of us instead of one of them. And his Heisman speech is going to be epic if he does win it, but I've got him first. I got Trevor second. I got Fields third. I mean, the body of work is to, has to keep going. Um, I have Najee and now Etienne, you know, rounding out the group. I will not put Zach Wilson on there. Forget it. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with that. And, uh, I think Kellen Mond's creeping up. Kellen Mond is not in the Heisman discussion. Pretty oh. insane. Oh, okay. Hold on. Don't make me pull up the stats, bro. Well, you said you're, you're, there's, you can pull up his stats all you want. Nah, he's not I getting don't. one vote for Heisman. He's not. I know. He's in the honorable mention category. 12 touchdowns, two picks, 57% completion rate, which is improved. <laughs> wow. He's, he's not running the ball this year, though. 57%. 57 is improved. What do you think Max is? Probably 72. I, it might be 80. <laughs> well, listen, Kellen Mond doesn't have like 15 five-star wide receivers. No, he's got, he's got at least one that doesn't even play. Well, um, he was playing for a while. He caught a lot of those passes. It's 78.5 is Mac Jones' uh, completion percentage. Well, listen, so it's not as easy to play under uh, Jimbo. Yeah, Jimbo's never developed any quarterbacks, so he'll... <laughs> he's super demanding. I mean, there's a lot of pressure there, but Kellen Mond is turning into a, a leader. Um, 
67, 64%, sorry, 57 was his sophomore year. Oh, so okay, good, all right. 5%, good. 1,200 yards, 12 TDs, two touchdowns, I mean, uh, two picks. The problem is he's not running this year. Last year, he ran for 500 yards, the year before, 474. This year, he's only got 78 yards rushing because he's staying in the pocket. He's going through his progressions, and they don't want him out running. Um, but he's yeah, – listen, I'm just kidding. I, I Kellen Mond – is never going to live up to – you know what would be hilarious to me is if Kalamon has a great season and ends up as a late first-rounder, then he's, he's a five-star. He's going to be a late-rounder, a late sixth-rounder. Like I, I just bet Gorney 50 bucks that he would land in the second round. Okay, that's a bad bet. I know. Um, I felt bad. Yeah, all right. Uh, let's do a little, little pro football focus talk, Farrell versus PFF, one of our – Favorite segments. Uh, what do you think? Who you got this week? Amari Rogers. And, and here's the backstory on Amari Rogers. And you know this as well as I do. All Butch Jones had to do was take Amari Rogers. And he would have had T. Higgins. And he would have had Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> All he had to do was take Amari Rogers. So I'm so curious for Tennessee fans to see what Amari's PFF is. And and to this day, there are still people in the Amari Rogers camp uh, that are pissed at Butch Jones because that's all he had to do to close the deal. Well, I don't – at the time, so coming out – so there was a there was a point where Amari was like an all-purpose back, not a receiver. Do you remember that? Yeah. Kind of a running back. He's kind of built like a running back. He actually came to our camp in Charlotte – uh, and didn't do very well. I remember I was like, I was like, dang, you know, Gorney said he was so good at the USC camp, blah, blah, blah. Well, turned out he did the whole camp with a torn labrum. And then he tweeted later that, you know, that's what happened. And I remember, do, do you remember this? We had a spot, a last second spot at the five star that year in Atlanta. We needed a body. Do you remember that? No. And it came down to Amari Rogers or, uh, <laughs> Katie Nixon from Texas who went to Colorado and we picked Nixon, not Rogers. So, uh, well, here's the thing. Had Rogers been tied to, um, T Higgins and Trevor Lawrence showing up to the five-star challenge, then we would have <laughs> taken Rogers. So that's the thing is like, I don't care if he had one leg, right? Take Amari Rogers secure trevor and t and, and history has changed so he could be the most pivotal player in college football that you don't know about yeah i don't know if i'm putting that much of a i, I don't i don't remember it quite being uh, but i've been told this story in depth by somebody who knows very 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 well <laughs> put it that way. so uh on the season amari's uh Pro football focus grade, 77.9. So uh, above average, almost almost in the elite range or, you know, all-American type range. What year was he? Uh, 2017. Okay. I'm going to pull up the wide receivers that Tennessee took that year. How fun will this be? It wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> that I want to see. Like, you know, we don't want Amari Rodgers. And that just led to the house of cards crumbling because we had to take Josh Palmer. Who's still on the team. He's not bad. Jordan Murphy. 
bad. He's gone. He was actually, we thought he was going to be a good player. I remember Rob liked him a lot. He was really good at uh, Alabama, Mississippi that year. And Jack was Jones. Uh, that was a Larry Scott special on that one. And at an athlete, you know, he didn't sign, but they took Princeton fan. Who's now like a tight end. Yeah. You're telling me there's not room. Plus they took three running backs that year. You know, you're telling me there's not room for Amari Rogers in that class, but, yeah. but I, I digress. We don't have to look up also, the they also, guys. They also took James Brown at tight end, who was a quarterback. Yep. Out of Orlando. Yep. Yeah. So, you James know, Jordan's gone. Some Jordan. nice classes, but that was the one mistake that, uh, I mean, listen, Tennessee fans won a national championship. Imagine Trevor T, Mario Rogers, and all the recruits that would have followed to Tennessee. But no, in the office, in the office, the expectation was, Amari, you got an offer. And he left that office without that finger being pointed at him and the offer, and the rest is history. <laughs> that would have been probably like, because Trevor committed way early. This would have been underclassman time then, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this was after Trevor was committed and T was committed and they were all happy. But you got to take this guy because we love him. And Butch said 87.7. <laughs> and where's but, Butch now? He's a quality control assistant at Alabama. He's still getting paid by Tennessee. Oh, no doubt. And he'll win a ring but he could have done that at Tennessee. And I love Amari Rogers too. I mean, listen, I could be talking out of turn. Amari Rogers could tweet tomorrow that I'm, I'm full of crap, but that is the story I got from a really, 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 really close source. Okay. So that's Mike's source. I don't, I don't necessarily remember it quite like that, but I do think Tennessee should have pushed to land even regardless of those other two guys, an in city person who's the son of a national championship winning quarterback, who is good also he's gonna he's gonna be a pick third fourth round pick what do you think yeah you know he's having a good year he, he was sort of a little slow to start because he's coming off that injury and i think he was tentative but now he's really found his rhythm um you know justin ross isn't there uh he's, he's sort of emerged as <clears throat> the go-to guy um so yeah and he's got that build of a running back you know he's a powerful kid um not long, but but strong. He's hard to bring down. So, yeah, I would say fourth round in that range. Okay. All right, moving on. Forgotten five-star of the week. This one is a deep cut. Didn't play, but he has been mentioned a lot this week. <laughs> Didn't play. He's on a team, though. That's all that they need for this segment. Mike, do you know which team former five-star Garrett Gilbert is a member of? My God, he's in the NFL? That's right. No way. Yes. <laughs> he was in that XFL. Yep. And he stunk. No, he, he, was, he was good in the XFL. Yeah, but he was, you know, still Gary Gilbert. I mean, he, he didn't stink in the XFL, but all of the XFL stunk. That's That was my point. Right. So this was the guy who was supposed to be the next, you know, five-star. This is great. the Queen Ewers of that. that yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he didn't pan out. No, I had no idea. I'm going to have to guess. Because he's in play. All right. So he's got to be third string, right? Uh, he was second string. What? Uh, yes. <clears throat> but he's I'm going to say he's behind. I'm just going to throw a shot in the dark, say he's uh, on the Steelers. No, he is uh, the Cowboys backup quarterback last night. 
Oh, that's my team. I watched that game too. They mentioned them. Yeah, they showed him on the sideline everything. He sucks. The Cowboys suck. He has one of the goofiest rivals profile pictures you will ever see. Um, he was ranked number 18 overall. And get this. Here's a deep cut for you, Mike. I was hired by USA Today. This was in 2009. He was that, that recruit. I was hired by USA Today to go to the Under Armour game and do a big story on Garrett Gilbert. That's how good he was. They put on the front page, and he barely gave me any quotes, almost completely blew me off. That sounds like my experience with Gus Malzahn. Was that the first Under Armour game? Uh, 2007 was the first one with Julio and uh, AJ. Okay. I definitely went to that one, but uh, this this was a couple years later. So do you remember who we ranked ahead of him? What year was it? 2001? 2009. Uh, um, um, Terrell Pryor. Yeah, at Pro Style. And then, uh, is that, um, what's his face? Uh, the Missouri kid? No, uh, Matt Barkley. Oh, yeah. Matt Barkley, everybody had it number one, too. That was the year of the hyped, super hyped quarterbacks. Barkley was the first ever to start as a freshman at that school, and Garrett Gilbert was the next, you know, great Texas quarterback. And he got thrown in, and he was so bad. Um, I mean, the fans were just irate. Remember the national championship game when Colt McCoy got hurt? Yeah. And then, uh, you know, the next season he got his opportunity and threw 10 touchdowns, 17 picks, and then, you know, eventually transferred out to SMU and had one good year there. I can't believe he's in the NFL, though, but he was just a huge bust. I mean, no way around that. It's not like – like Ryan Mallett was a really good college player and turned out to be an NFL, you know, bust, even though he wasn't a first-rounder. But Garrett Gilbert, there's no redeeming factor about Garrett Gilbert. Well, hey, he's still kicking out. This shows that talent wins out, though. Like, well, look at the starter, Danucci. Ben point four throw in into that pit recruiting class, and he throws the ball sidearm. I mean, if he another, can't beat out Danucci, then he's he's really horrible. Another two star draft pick from the state of Pennsylvania. How interesting! Oh God, there's a slam. But <laughs> you see the way he throws; it's horrible. Like, how do you ever get on an NFL team throwing that way? All right. Uh, the other quarterbacks in that class, we had uh, Aaron Murray was number three, who uh, who I covered a lot that season. Remember, he got hurt. Remember, he like destroyed his ankle and came back. Yeah, and- but then he came back. Remember, he came back for the All-Star game because he's tough. He came back. He won the state championship. And yep. then he played the All-Star game as well. Yep. Uh, A.J. McCarron, Tom Savage, uh, Mettenberger down the line here. Uh, I'm trying to see anybody else I – I recognize that uh, got drafted or, Oh, Bryce Petty way down the list. Mm. Uh, Brock Osweiler, three-star Derek Carr. Wow. Number 29 that year. Uh, Taysom Hill, who was committed to, who was committed to Stanford originally. I didn't know that. Yeah. It it wasn't a great quarterback year. I mean, there was a lot of hype at the top with Pryor and Barkley and Gilbert, but wasn't deep. It's but not bad. I mean, if you look at the guys that are still kicking around, uh, but didn't that lead into our two worst quarterback years ever? <laughs> what, like, 10 and 11? Yeah, with like one year, um, Philip Sims was the number one guy, or that, that who's that short kid from Washington? 
<laughs> not Max Brown, right? No, no, no. What's his name? You know, Max Brown's an analyst on TV now. He does a lot of podcast stuff with our USC site as well. He was on TV. He did his first TV analyst job. Um, no, the little kid. Um, oh, man. This is going to kill me. Oh, Jake Heaps? Yeah, yeah. Jake Why Heaps. did we rank him so high going to BYU? Uh, let's just put it this way. Jake Heaps is uh, the 2010 version of Drew Pine. Uh, at least... Uh, he got a real, real early offer from Notre Dame, and everybody fell in love with him for because of it. And um, you know, it's just it was a bad ranking. Sorry, just for yeah. Twenty ten pro style quarterback is just an abomination. I can't believe it. Sean Mannion is probably the best one. Uh, <laughs> well, we had no five stars though, right? No, but two straight years we didn't have a five star quarterback. That's amazing. <laughs> Were you in charge that time? Yeah. Huh. Philip Sims was like 70-something. He was the top quarterback in the country. Jeff Driscoll was the top quarterback in the country another year, and he was 50-something. It he, just it sucked. He's still in the NFL, too, starting yeah. games. But he stinks, too. It, they all they, Those two years were just horrendous. And I'm sure there's guys that are three stars that year that are in the NFL succeeding, but at the top – uh, it was really two straight years of awfulness. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm getting down the list of I'm not seeing any NFL quarterbacks at all. Blake Bortles, oh number forty four. There you go. Yeah, I don't know what happened those two years, but it was bad, you know. So I don't feel so bad, you know, overshooting on Gary Gilbert, but maybe he made us a little gun shy uh, in 2010, 2011. But I didn't see anybody in those two years that were any good. Just think of it. Blake Bortles, the number one. He should have been number one. Who would have thought? Who redeemed us? Thankfully, our first five-star quarterback after that was famous Jameis. Ah, okay. Yeah, I remember because I'm like, we. There's got to be a five-star quarterback in this class. There has to be, and famous Jameis was it. And he was number ten that year. Went on to Heisman, number one pick overall. That's a hit. Oh. All right, so boy, we went, we went way down the rabbit hole there, but. Uh... All to talk about Garrett Gilbert. That's what the that's what the recruiting fans. I want. thought you were going to say Stefan to it because he had a really good game against the Steelers, but I know he's well known. But was he a five star? Yeah, he was awesome. And then he, he decommitted from from Notre Dame for like two days and committed to Georgia Tech and then committed back. And yeah. fans, Notre Dame fans, thought I was the one who convinced them to commit to Georgia Tech because it was down at the Army Bowl. Um, for some reason, they felt that. Yeah, I know you you love Georgia Tech. <laughs> Your deep ties, not, not to mention the kids from Atlanta. Like we don't. Well, and is you know, I mean, he's a smart kid too. I mean, Georgia Tech has a good engineering program, and his mom was heavily involved in the process. And you know, he was choosing between two highly academic schools. But you know, that's one of those where what if Stefan Tuitt went to Georgia Tech? Yeah, they would have been bad, and he'd be in the NFL still. I'm trying yeah. to remember what happened to his his cousin or uh, Chandler. Oh, no snaps in 2020. I liked him. Well, I like Stefan. I mean, he's still kicking around. I had a bet with Pete Sampson um, as to who the better pro would be, and I'm, I'm losing because uh, the Notre Dame offensive lineman, what's his name, for the Cowboys, guard, Zach Martin. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. 
he's pretty awesome. I didn't realize yeah. he was Notre Dame. I thought, I and I took to it. So Milford. I don't know. Maybe I was who it won't be a Hall of Famer, but he's good. Still good. All right. Uh, before we wrap up, anything else you want to talk about, Mike? There's got to be something, right? Um, How did Halloween go? <laughs> very uneventful. So we shut out the lights as always. But this year we didn't have to hide in the bedroom because there's nobody out. I mean, there's nobody out trick or treating. It's COVID. Um, my neighbor dressed as a clown, scared the hell out of me, like full paint, full outfit clown. Um, and we didn't even have any candy in the house. So I would have had to throw like Italian ices if anybody showed up at their heads. And I didn't eat any candy. I didn't eat the candy corn I always eat. And Halloween's over, thank goodness. And the next horrible holiday is Thanksgiving that I just have to suffer through. Oh, boy, it was, it was action packed on my street. People everywhere. Uh, what did you give out? Anything good? No, because I got to buy candy that I won't eat, you know, before the count. Oh, so like so, Smarties and crap like yeah, that? Yeah, Smarties. Well, here's the other thing. You know, all these kids have like uh, alleged allergies now. So you got to have allergies. You got to have gluten-free, allergy-free. <laughs> no. I swear. I, swear I don't care. I couldn't but, care less. Listen, you got a peanut allergy and I give you a Snickers and you die. It's called, um, you know, survival of the fittest. You're too weak to be on this earth. So go that, to heaven. You think that would hold up in court? <laughs> What's that? Would that hold up in court uh, as a defense? It's not on purpose, but if you can't handle a peanut, get get out. Don't trick or treat. If you can't eat a peanut, then you shouldn't be out at Halloween, right? Because there's peanut M&Ms, there's Mars something, there's, there's, I mean, I'm sure there's peanuts in, in like a lot of stuff, right? Yeah, it's mixed, you know, the problem is they make them in the same place with peanuts, you know? Like, if, you're, if you're so soft, you can't eat a peanut at Halloween, they should roll you around in a bubble in your little costume and you shouldn't eat any candy. Is that inappropriate? No, I like that. I've, <laughs> that made me happy. I hate everybody. So I, I just watched, by the way, how old's your kid? Two. I was talking to Gorney about this on the other podcast. And uh, I watched the documentary last night um, with Sir Walter Rittenberg or whatever. He's a big animal guy about global warming. Your kids. David Attenborough, you mean? <laughs> yeah, him. Sir David Attenborough, the guy. Yeah. What did I say? Robert I don't know what you said, but anyway. But he's 93 now, and the world is screwed. And it was very interesting to watch. So I feel bad for your kid. Uh, whatever. And my dad used to tell me when I would ask him why he didn't want to recycle, he'd be like, that's your problem, not mine. I'll be dead. <laughs> well, you know what? I told Gorney, I said, I couldn't care less because I don't have kids. So if, if by 2030, the Amazon catches on fire and there's riots in the street in 2050 because we have no drinking water. I do not care because I'll be retired at that point in time from rivals. Actually, you know what? I'll still be working at rivals. I'll be like, I'll be like 80 and I'll still be texting you guys and you guys won't be responding. You'll be like, uh, you'll be like Dwight and uh, our boy, Larry Bluestein down in Florida. <laughs> Those guys are already in better shape than I am. And they're like, Dwight is for sure. I guarantee you Dwight is. Um, yeah. I look, I, I'm going to be Bobby Bowden, man. Did you see? I, I, I'm friends with Tommy Bowden on Facebook. I don't know how, but he put up a picture of him and his dad. His dad's had everything wrong with him, and he's still kicking. And he kicked COVID. 
you know? Yeah, well, they, they, there you have it. <laughs> so survival of the fittest, the Mike Farrell way. Um, all right, I, think, I don't think I have anything to complain about or, or recommend or have you found a new tv show other than the boys no i finished ozark oh okay really good no spoilers on that one no it, it definitely dragged me in though no i'm looking for that's why i watched the depressing documentary because i didn't have any shows to watch last night so i watched the uh depressing documentary on how the world's dying um and then i know you don't like my toys or my helmets so yeah we you know, like there. follow follow mike on instagram if you want to hear him talk about his uh you know what? I have not uh, Roger Craig. I I can't tell who that is. What? <laughs> who is it? I can't see it. Can see I guess it? he's white. Is a white person? Oh, it's Doug Flutie. Okay. Oh my God, the I god of football, right there. <laughs> Amazing! It's a Doug Flutie toy that I would have thrown away when I was seven. <laughs> like, oh, I have doubles. This is a double, by the way. That's how big a loser I am. Well, don't bend the cardboard, you know. I know. This is my unopened one that someday is going to be my retirement. Yeah, I can't wait for – hey, remember this guy who threw one pass and then was a backup quarterback the rest of his life? First of all, if you want to really argue that, um, the NFL had an agenda against him. Oh, okay. Uh, because of his alignment with Trump at an early age. Oh, and, no. um, <laughs> The New Jersey Generals and – Everybody had it out for him. He should have been the starter for Chicago, but Jim McMahon didn't like him and Jim Harbaugh didn't like him. Then he was the starter for the Bills. Then Rob Johnson got a big contract that put him in the playoffs. He lost. Should have been a Charger. Uh, legend. Just didn't happen. Doug had a nice career in the pros, but as a college football legend, there is no other. There you go. There you have it. Uh, five, you're making fun of Stetson Bennett for being five foot nine. Uh, uh, Doug Flutie threw the ball in that Hail Mary 68 yards in the air. Stetson Bennett can't throw the ball uh, from the huddle to the line of scrimmage. Okay. There's a difference. All right. Uh, I, I totally forgot my try. I had something else I wanted to say, but I, I totally lost it. Is it about my toys in the background? You oh, you know, I went to buy cards so we could do our little card game. But all, oh, the, yeah. all the football cards are sold out at Walmart. I went to do oh, before we did my line. Get them online. I'm going to have to. So anyway, uh, all right. Be sure to follow Mike. Be sure to leave us a review. We can subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or Apple Podcasts, and check us out on YouTube. All right, Mike, let's wrap it up. All right. I'm looking at your stuff in the background. Let's wrap it up. Okay. Rivals Godfather on Instagram. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.